0: how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword PARTNER. Hockey! Yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into another edition, post-game edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Late night edition. Zolgad. Declan Goff. I sense that Declan has something on ice. Near him. I hear it. Ooh, that looks good. What are we drinking? Tequila. As
1: much as I would love to go... With some vodka for my guy, Kirill Kaprizov. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't have the uh, ponies to go up to some vodka, so, but tequila.
0: Tequila on Cinco de Mayo.
1: Yes. So Still happy holidays. Still an hour left. Happy Kirill. A little tequila. A little nightcap here as we wrap up another uh, wild game against the Golden Knights.
0: So explain something to me, mm-hmm. Declan. Why So the Wild lose tonight 3-2 in OT. Um, There's certainly a lot to talk about. Some guys had a good games. Some guys had bad games. Um, I think the head coach made a questionable again decision in OT. Kevin Fiala did not play, although it sounds like I guess the report is we shouldn't be too concerned about that. So why is my only desire right now to talk about one guy? Why is my only desire after a loss, in which they still got a point, but my only desire right now is to talk about Kirill Kaprizov and the game that we saw tonight. And can I start you off with this? Because it has nothing to do with two goals. Okay. I absolutely love the fact that I think the Golden Knights, um, rightfully so, thinking that there is a chance that they're going to, matchup against the Wild in the playoffs. Came out tonight, and it looked like they thought, you know what, tonight we're going to do? We're going to show Kirill Kaprizov, who's boss here. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to take him off his game. We're going to live rent-free in Kirill's head uh, and make him think about the fact that we are going to cross-check him. We're going to slash him. We're going to hit, hit, hit him. Now, the Blues the Blues hit him and contained him a little bit, but not over the top. V- Vegas took it to the next ...level tonight. And damn it, we both sat there in the press box and watched, and he not only pushed back, it actually, I think, backfired and motivated him more. Like, he works his butt off. I am not saying that he takes shifts off, because he does not. But I actually think that what Vegas intended to do, which was clearly intimidate Kirill Kaprizov decks, I think it backfired, and I think Kirill Kaprizov showed us another level of what he's willing to do to win tonight... And that's where I'd like to start, because mm-hmm. he's a 24-year-old guy. I mean, he's not an, he, so he's not an 18-year-old who just stepped in the league. Um, he's got experience professionally in Russia. But I love the fact that a guy in his first year in this league, a team's like, we are going to take you off your game. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. And in fact, yeah. I am actually going to step my game
1: up. The plan to shut down Kirill Kaprizov should be every opposing team's number one mo going into a game against the Wild, and it should be the team's opposing team's mission in the postseason: shut down Kirill Kaprizov, see what happens. You're out without Kevin Fiala too, so you're without your second most dynamic player going into the game tonight, and that was going to be that was an unexpected loss. I Kirill Kaprizov had a lower body injury. Friend of the show Michael Russo said that uh, it's nothing to worry about. I bet he's hopefully back against Anaheim here on Friday. Uh, but you you were without Kevin Fiala, so even now if you're Vegas, the task gets easier. Shut down Kirill Kaprizov. Who's the next guy we got to worry about? You know Nick Benino? You know who, who's who's the next guy in line uh, that the Wild have to really be too scared of? And for two periods, you know what they mostly did their job. Uh, the second period, just like in classic Wild fashion this year, has been a gong show. They they just for whatever reason fall asleep at the wheel in the second period. I thought the opening 20 minutes, which, I mean, we could get into later, which was just penalty minutes and fights, and that all started, too. Those fights all started, Judd, because Kuro Kaprizov took a a nasty cross-check into the boards. Marcus Foligno stands up for his teammates. All hell breaks loose. Even Kaprizov, who sweeps the leg of White Cloud. I mean, he was getting pounded on by White Cloud. Kaprizov, who's built like an ox, stands up, grabs the leg, spine busters, if you will, him down to the ice. And then starts wailing on him, too, and almost gets a five-minute major, but then it gets reduced to a minor call, uh, coincidental minors, for roughing with him in White cloud. Which, by the way, wow, NHL officiating, you actually got the call right after looking at it. Bravo to you. That doesn't happen a lot. And I know the refs were mostly bad tonight. Here's my problem, though, with that. I'm so sick, and I, I can't stand blaming the refs for a loss. I I, I just, I can't. It it was horrific officiating. I understand it. It's, it was really, really bad these last two games. But Kirill Kaprizov nearly willed, literally, said, hey, get on my stick, get on my back. I will will this team to victory. That second goal off the face-off circle. I mean, that's traffic. There's people. There's bodies. There's people hitting you and slashing you, and he still finds a way to beat Marc-Andre Fleury, one of the best goaltenders in the league. That is a superstar play. That's not luck. A lot of people like to see hockey, oh, it's just random bounces, and sometimes weird things happen, right? No, that is 100% skill and 100% I'm going to take over this game for the, for my own team right here. And it's too bad the Wild weren't able to get two points tonight. But just that sequence, two goals in what I believe, two minutes and 28 seconds, whatever the heck it was, I mean, just insanely, insanely impressive. And it was, again, the Kirill Kaprizov show. They went down, going into the third period, trailing again, and it still didn't matter. The Wild had a lead going into the last five minutes, but they just couldn't hold on to it after, yes, a questionable penalty call. But regardless, my takeaway is Kirill Kaprizov is still just absolutely unbelievable. He's he's a superstar. Jason Robertson does not belong in the same conversation as this guy. He does so not. He,
0: so he he uh, tied the game, Kaprizov did, at 1-1 at eleven thirteen at third period, and then at thirteen twenty three scored a... Again, on the goal, Declan that you're talking about. I want to talk about the first goal um that he scored to tie the game. Because again, it was a it was a goal scored around the net. And if you go back and look at that, play one was basically from the other side of the net. Zucarello attempted to set up Kirill, was unsuccessful. But both of them, to their credit, stuck with it and basically switched sides. And so now Kirill was on the right instead of the of the left-hand side, and Mets, Zuccarello had also moved, and if you go back and look, Zuccarello got that puck across, and Kaprizov basically, and th- this is the thing that floors me about him, is, and I've, I've told you this before, he can shoot in a phone booth, m- meaning he can contort his body and his stick to be as close to his chest and still get a strong shot off at times, which is which is very hard. Um, In this one, his hand-eye coordination was so damn good that he basically batted the puck like a baseball into the net. And again, that's not luck. That is the skill. Here, Here is my plea, and I don't think that this is going to be a problem, but this is a plea to hockey fans in the state and a reminder to us as well. Do not take what this young man does for granted because he makes it look so damn simple that it's easy to say, of course, it's Kirill. Of course he made that move. Um, he made a play today or tonight, it didn't work, but in which he basically tried to deke out the defenseman by putting the puck between his legs and through them. Um, it's incredible. It, it is, there is nothing, to your point, Dex, there's nothing about luck involved here. Like nothing he nothing he is doing, and I'm not saying that luck is not part of the sport of hockey because it is, but there is nothing Kirill Kaprizov is doing that has anything to do with luck. He has and the goals he scores are not like mm, it's a greasy goal and it's just no, he works hard. They are greasy, but look at what he is able to do. Again, I would ask you this how many how many wild players in the twenty year history of this franchise could have knocked that puck out of the air into the net and and I guarantee you if you made if you went back to the X right now and asked him to do it again, he could. This is what this is what I just I can't get past this. Like we've got we're we're so fortunate right right now. Ant has a huge game and yep. the uh, Wolves lost lost to the Grizzlies tonight. But Ant is going off at Target Center, which is great. Uh, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings is such a special player. Byron Buxton, I mean the Twins aren't good now, which really stinks. But Byron Buxton is great, and Kirill Kaprizov is doing things that forget rookies. Most players can't do, but I just, I can't tell you how important it is that he, as football people like to say, Declan, he put on tape tonight that if your if your modus operandi against him in the playoffs is going to be, we're going to beat you up, Karell. He's basically told the golden Knights, bring it on. Let's yeah. do it. And Felino and I love this Felino stood up for him, but he stood up for himself too. He was going to do whatever he had to do to basically send them the message, bleep you, I'm coming at you. And I think it actually, he had a better game tonight because of the fact that they thought we'll slow him down and intimidate him. And he's like, no, you won't. And in fact, I'm going to come back at you and I'm going to have another huge game. This now makes the, the life of shutting down a player even more difficult who's this good. And my final thought on this is when teams do this to your guy, Fiala, he gets mad, but he mm-hmm. does dumb things. Like yeah. he could be goaded into dumb penalties. He's still really good. But I'm saying if you try and shut him down, he gets frustrated and mad and cross checks guys and does things. Kyrill basically just comes back at you. Yeah. Like like he's not mad. He's not like, well, I'll get you and I'm and no, he just comes back at you. He will not be pushed around, and that going into the playoffs is a game-changer.
1: The demeanor of Kirill doesn't change throughout the course of the game, Uh, and I think that's the biggest difference. Again, going back to the scuffle that happened in the first period, it's very easy, I think, for star players to cower. It's very easy for stud players to just say, hey, I know my role. All right, I'm the goal scorer. I'm the playmaker. I'm not going to drop the gloves. I'm not going to get myself into trouble, and he literally – when White Cloud and White Cloud, you know, isn't again just a world beer, but he's a big body dude that's gonna push some people around. He's that's his role, and he he shoves him to the ground mm-hmm. after getting also. I don't I don't think it was White Cloud that cross checked him. I believe it was um Hague Hague, Hague? yes Haig was the one who, who got did in the, the fight. who gotten the cross check. Felino yep. steps in, helps out his boy, and then Kaprizov, who's you know trying to just get out of the way with this whistle, gets nasty gets taken down in a nasty fashion, and yeah, again. Says, you know what? All right, like you want to scrap with me, I'm going to scrap with you, and that's where I said, like he doesn't take, he doesn't take BS. You know, right. it'd be very easy for him to just say, oh, I'm, I'm here. Look at this kerfuffle happening. Marcus, I don't want anything. Marcus, part of this. do all my work yeah. for me. And Felino dropping the gloves twice in the first 15 minutes. Um, to your point about Fiala, what I, what I love about that, what I love about Fiala when he plays pissed off, is you can see it. Um, you can see that he's pissed off and he's trying and he wants to do something. To your point, though, sometimes uh, that anger in the on, on the May, uh, with one day being passed May the fourth be with you. That anger can be used against you and yes. you can end up doing really really dumb things. Yes, and Fiala te- has a tendency to do that. Kaprizov might overcompensate for something, might make a turnover, but he's not going to take a penalty. He's not going to do something that really puts the team behind the eight ball. I do think the criticism of Fiala in those situations can be completely overblown, and I think that's what really, really frustrates me because you're looking at a guy who already has 20 goals and is a dynamic playmaker. Um, But Kirill is on a completely different level. This is not just, oh, it's Jason Robertson and Kirill Kaprizov, and now all of a sudden it's become a tight race. If, If you have, look, the Dallas Stars are coming off a run of the Stanley Cup. They have studs up and down their roster. If you remove Jason Robertson, the Stars are exactly who the Stars are right now. I am, I, I am willing to say that. I, don't, I, don't know what, I know there's no wins above replacement metric that is universal in hockey yet, and I'm sure Jason Robertson is not a negative player. But my eye test and what I have seen from the Dallas Stars over the last three years is I know they are just fine without Jason Robertson. I now know, after watching 55 games of the Minnesota Wild, the Wild are just okay without Kirill Kaprizov. With Kirill Kaprizov, they have entered the conversation as a team that can make a run in the playoffs. It's not just a cute team. That's the fringe last team into this ooh, cute little Honda Western Conference. It's No, this oh, is a team wandering. that is literally competing with Vegas and Colorado still for the top spot in the West and for a possibly home ice advantage in the first round of the playoff series. So my point is, if, if you are a Dallas Stars fan and you love Jason Robertson, that's great. I'm glad you have another guy to pair with your great studs in, in Jamie, Ben, and Sagan. Good for you. Honestly, good for you. But Kirill Kaprizov has lifted this team up to a completely different stature. He he deserves Hart Trophy votes. He's not going to be a finalist, but he absolutely deserves Hart Trophy votes. Yes. So like the your Trophy, like oh, I can't believe we're having this debate over Robertson and, and Kaprizov, and I, I, I'm here for you. There, I 100 percent agree with you. Kaprizov should be unanimously this rookie, of, the rookie of the year. But he means so much to this team because he's literally dra- he he almost dragged them to a win. The Wild shouldn't have gotten two points tonight. Kirill Kaprizov should have gotten the two goals and the two points and the
0: key to the city if he would have pulled this off tonight. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so to the point about the stars, okay? The stars in the discover central if we're doing uh, if we're doing these sponsors in the discover central the dallas stars have three games left and they have 56 points they are now four points behind the nashville predators for the final playoff spot they are likely going to miss the playoffs okay yeah the minnesota wild as we speak right now has 71 points they have four games left and they are firmly entrenched in or they're fir- they've clinched a playoff spot They are one point behind the Avs for second place, so that they still, uh, with four games left, very much have a chance uh, to get home ice. And they are five points behind the Golden Knights. The point being is the Dallas Stars with Robertson are about to miss the playoffs. If you took Kirill Kaprizov off this Wild team, they are right now, in my opinion, battling the St. Louis Blues, who, by the way, have 56 points. The Wild's at 71. If you take Kirill Kaprizov off this team, the Wild, I think, is battling for the fourth and final playoff spot. Um, So yeah, he is going to, Kirill Kaprizov deserves, he's not going to win it, and he shouldn't, but he deserves MVP votes. And I don't think that that's a stretch. I don't think that that's a reach. And if you take him off, the, if you go through, if you go through the superstars in this league, um, McDavid and what Seidel um, in yep. Edmonton, Matthews in, in Toronto, Toronto. And just go down that list. Sure. Capri and what those teams would be like without those marquee star players, Kirill Kaprizov not on the Wild would be as detrimental. So, I mean, all those teams would suffer, but if you had... So, like, if your best player, if your only star, not superstar, but star, was Fiala, this team would be in a different predicament completely, and that's why this kid is so special. And what I love, and it's probably for... It's probably going to end at some point, I would guess. What I love about Kaprizov Dex is that we are finding out different things about his game, and about his demeanor and about his style all the time still. And that's why tonight I was just – I just was giddy watching a guy who basically said, oh, you're going to try and beat me up, huh? Good luck with that. I'm going to own this game at times. Um, And so, yeah, I I just – the Wild lost. They, I'm getting a little bit tired of having to see them rally constantly. That's not a good idea. I don't think that that's a formula for playoff success. I'm not saying across the board that they're always playing poorly. Uh, Tonight was a playoff game. It was physical like a playoff game. Um, But I would like to see them take some leads and hold said lead. And I know that it's not going to be four goals or three goals, but it'd be nice to have a one or two goal lead at times and not be trying to scurry back. All of that being said, my my biggest this this is like this is like when you first meet that special person, right? Karell's like that special person. And it's like you just keep discovering, oh we have this in common and we have that. Oh, and you like this food or you like that restaurant and I do too, right? This is that that's what Karell is here, man. We keep discovering things about him. And so far, I don't think there've been any real things where you're like, "Okay, that's a warning sign." Like, okay, that's going to be a bad, doesn't that's exist. bad Carill. Like, what's the bad Kirill?
1: Yeah, it doesn't exist. Our guy, JD, comments on our YouTube. By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll be doing a lot of these wild breakdowns in the playoffs. If you're not ready, you subscribe to it. Subscribe to Score North MN. You'll get some wild information. Twins, Wolves, Vikings, all MN sports, Mackie and Judd, Score North. We're helping you out here. Um, but he says, what do you think about Kaprizov being a top five overall player in the NHL in two, years, two to three years? Honestly, it's 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 probably in, it's in the it's one hundred percent in in question, man. It is one hundred percent a possibility, um, especially with where this league is headed. Like, look, Ovechkin. I think guys like Ovechkin and Crosby aren't going away anytime soon, even though they're up there in age. Even if they slow down, they're still above average. Much above average. That's even selling them extremely short. Um, they're still extremely game-changing players. But if, if we're talking about – and there's the good thing about the NHL right now, I think, is there's a lot of great young studs. Yeah, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, um that you can go up and down the list. Even uh, Rampman and McKinnon in Colorado, too, are still young guys. Right? It's it, yeah. it's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and this team has been so starved for that for such a long time that that's why this is so special. And I think there's even maybe some people who maybe aren't Minnesota Wild fans, and they see the box score, they see some highlight reels, they go, oh, wow, this Kaprizov special. But they probably are a little confused, and they maybe they say, like, well, is he really this good? Does he really mean this much to your franchise? And when this team has only had just so many good players. They have had a lot of, actually, good players. Mm-hmm. They have never had many great, game-changing, franchise-altering players. Mikhail Granlin was never a great player. He's a Hall, a very, very good player, and that is his ceiling.
0: At his best when he came to play. Right. That's the difference in Kaprizov. He yes. always comes to play. You
1: know, even even guys like Kevin Fiala is probably mostly in the same tier. Now, he's still young enough that he might be able to break that mold and be even a better player than the core of wild players that are no longer with the team. Um, but... But you can see it with Kaprizov that the evidence is right there in your face, and yes, he's one hundred percent a player that could be dominating this league in two to three years, and that's where I'm curious where the contract talks go this summer because you lock him up now, like you like I, you oh, lock gonna him to. up right now, and I and you know what, Kirill's young enough and and not naive enough. I don't want to use the term naive, but he's this is a new situation for him. He's not going to play poker, and I don't think his agent's going to be in the business of being, you you know, a a, a mini Scott Boris, uh, if you will, and say, "You sure? Just wait, just wait two, three years, and you'll go cash in in New York or go cash in in LA." I don't think so. I highly doubt it.
0: I mean, yeah, but he's so good that I, I could see him. I hope that they can do eight years, which is the which is now thanks to a couple of contracts that I think we've talked about before in this league. Eight years is now the max. Okay. Um, but that being said, there's a chance that they'll go, let's do a short, you know, a short deal. I mean, worst case it too, is that they basically decide we'll do a deal that will potentially walk him up to his free agent years to look. Cause I mean, this kid is going to cash in, but on the question. Yeah. I think in like right now he is one of the better players. I think he's not probably top five but he's he's gonna he's gonna hit that you know he's gonna creep into that next five uh, probably very soon if not now because again I just I ask you this if he's not on this team you cannot tell me that this team is solidly um in a playoff spot I think they're I think they're still a decent team I mean the defensive core is good now Goaltending is, thank God, pretty good now. I mean compared to what we, we saw, it's Jacques Plant and Glenn Hall. Um, but all of that being said, I don't know what the future holds there. I will say this, uh, I've been saying now for a couple months at least X, that Kuroka hands down the best player in Wild. History. Don't tell me about Gabrick. I saw him play. He was very, very good. I really liked him a lot. Uh, but Karel Kaprizov is the best player in the history of this franchise. And I'd like to amend that and apologize to the Kaprizov uh, entire Kaprizov fan base and family. Karel Kaprizov right now is challenging to be the best player in the National Hockey League's history in the state. Um, and wow. and here and here's the one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to eliminate Madano because he didn't come to fruition here. Cause he was pro- I think Mike is the best player in stars franchise. And this includes Dallas, though, where where he became a complete just a stud. Right. Um, but Mike Madonna played the early years of his career here, started to come into his own, and then in nineteen ninety-three the team moved, right? So I'm going, I'm gonna take him out because he's a Dallas star. And I'm gonna tell you right now that I think there's a case to be made that Kirill Kaprizov is the greatest player to wear a Minnesota NHL jersey um, who's going to be here. Bobby Smith was great. Um, Neil Broughton was fantastic. All-stars, okay? Dino in his prime was great. There's a lot of players that you could go down the list. And to your point from what you said, say those were damn good players. But Karel Kaprizov's skill set, I challenge you. Outside of the fact that unless you you try and force the um, conversation into Madano being a true North Star, Karel Kaprizov, to me, yes, it's recency bias, but he brings so many different things, and we are we haven't even seen them all yet. And I think, Declan, the key to this whole thing is. I think Kaprizov gets in the conversation for one of the best players in the league. If the wild can make a playoff run. Cause if you do that, yep. then he's going to be seen nationally all the time.
1: Yep. And you're going to see two um, teams still try to shut him down, but I used to still think, I mean, for God's sake, Judd, he was with Ryan Hartman tonight and, yep. you know, Matt Zuccarello is a nice supplemental piece to Kirill Kaprizov, honestly. I, and, and credit, to Kaprizov lifting up Matt Zuccarello to a degree, I think both both of it works in in side by side ways because Zuccarello had a bad year last year, but then he's now able to be the kind of player he was in New York, which he's a facilitator. Like Matt Zuccarello is a facilitator. He's, he's not good. a center, but he's a facilitator. He's a playmaker. He's going to set other people's up, other people up. He's not going to shoot shoot a ton, but he's going to set other people up. And it's what what better player to be playing alongside of than Kirill Kaprizov. Um, <laughs> So I think, I don't think you're, and look, I, I I was born in 92. The North Stars left when I was about four to five months old. Mm-hmm. I obviously have zero memory of that. My father grew up a big North Stars fan and loved Dino and loved Neil Broughton and loved all those guys. Um, I only know Minnesota Wild hockey. I remember the day the Wild played their first game. I was about eight years old then. I remember that very well. Marion mm-hmm. Gabrick is still probably my favorite Wild player of all time. And I think any most person born in the 1990s, uh, late 90s would probably say the same thing, that Marion Gabrick might be your favorite player. And if you're in the 2000s, it might be Zach Parisi or Ryan Souter. And now, if you're someone who was born in the millennium, let's say in the last even 10 to 15 years, and you're now entering that fun stage, right? You're entering that stage where you're, now, you're not just like, oh, sports, yay, I get to go to the game with my dad or my mom and my family. We get to watch a game. You're in that prime age where you're a teenager. You're starting to understand things a little bit more. Yep. And you, and you get this this is your first taste. Oh, you know, I'm, if so, anything, I'm so bitter at you. If anything, this is if, if you're a 14-year-old right now and you've been watching wild hockey for the last four years, okay, even four years, I, and you don't, you don't even know anything that happened in even the pre-Suit or beginning parts of the era when things were, were still good, you won a couple playoff series, there were some blips, Granlin's goal was awesome, but, you know, you were too young to remember. You were a seven <laughs> year old You don't really remember that. Sure. Now you're seeing this superstar. And now, this is what the bar is, right? I mean, I I know it's the highest bar possible, but this is where you get to, this is what you get to see. And this is leaps and bounds. I can just tell you right now from the Wilds franchise side, I can't speak for the North Star sides like you can, where you saw both of these teams come in and come, come and go and superstars and from, from Minnesota that went to Dallas and obviously Mike Madonna. And I look, Mike Madonna, yeah, is the greatest. Hockey player, probably that ever wore a Minnesota jersey, but he was only here for what, Judd? Four years? Five years? Wasn't? Four, I think it was four years. Four or five years, and then and he was starting
0: to become. But I mean, <clears throat> he wasn't there yet. He he became a Hall of Fame player in Dallas.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's who he became. So this, I don't think your take is that far off. And and it's been 55 games. Like Marion Gabrick is probably has a case for the Hall of Fame. He's not first ballot by any means. You know, I, yeah. I like you know. He's not gonna get in the hockey hockey, hockey Hall of Fame right away. Um, that being said, I don't I don't, I, I, don't, I have to agree with you because even if you, it, the sad thing is, if you made a top five list right now of the greatest Minnesota Wild players, it's almost an insult that in that top five, Kirill Kaprizov is part of the list. Like you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of
0: hilarious. Well, to me. yeah, because uh, I mean Zach, Zach in Zach's prime here was good, but he's not mm-hmm. close to this class. I think the highest skill guys I've seen are Kaprizov, Gabrik, who had high skill. Fiala probably now is in that skill. So I'm not talking like greatest players. I'm just talking the skill set. Like the Wild, look, the Wild came into this league when, when to be blunt about it, the game was bad. It was trapping. It was and and look, they did that as well. But I mean, go back, Declan, go back and watch sometime. Just YouTube it, a snippet of the last Stanley Cup final before the lockout between Calgary and Tampa. It's on. Un- <sighs> it's unwatchable. But I mean, that was the game. Goaltender equipment had become enormous. Um, teams were trapping. They were trying to win two to one, three two. It was unwatchable it was awful and and the wild embraced that and that's why in year three they had i think personally a ton of success because if you embrace that style you could win those games now that playoff run was fun don't get me wrong about that i'm not saying it, it was not fun it was but look at the style now and the continuous play and the moves we see and the skill we see it's it's incredible so um i I want to touch on a couple more things before yeah. we wrap up here. Uh, first of all, back to the officiating in these past two games, which which you are correct, was bad, really bad. Um, but I have a question about the hooking call mm. on Zuccarello in the third period that led to the Riley Smith goal at 1544 that tied the score at two. Yeah. Um, if you go back and look at that, first of all, he, he brings a stick. I think he brings a stick basically onto the breezer of the player, but he never really even truly hooks him. And here's my question. So, so what's done is done, and I am with you. Nothing drives me more nuts than the homer guys that sit there and say, we got screwed by the officiating. You know what? Yeah, but I guarantee you that there, there were calls that the Golden Knights didn't like too, okay? But off of that call, here's what I want to know as we get closer and closer to playoff time what's going to be a penalty in the playoffs? Yes. Like, is that a penalty? Like, is that a, is that a third period playoff penalty? No. Uh, cause it, yeah. Cause if that's the case, I, I you need to know that, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to have an idea. Um, because, because the problem there with that call is if that ties a game in the third period in the playoffs, we got an issue about what's a penalty and what's not Then
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I'm I'm watching the replay right now, my other laptop right now, the, the look loop of it. Um bro. just trying to get a better gauge of it. And look, he lifts his stick a little bit. Nothing that would be egregious enough to be calling a penalty that late in the game. Yeah. What I want the most is those calls to not if do not be there in the postseason. And yeah, the officiating has been bad. Um I just I, I despise the fact that uh, referees. That there's a narrative that referees go into a game rooting for another team. Oh, that's um, I agree with you. Take off your Homer blinders. Take off, take off your blinders. There, but my God, how many penalty minutes were assessed tonight? It, a thousands. And I don't know if this was a league wide thing that because of what happened with with um in Washington with New York. You know, I don't know if that was something that happened tonight. T.J. Oshie scores a hat trick on the eve, uh, on the day that his father passes away. And unfortunately, that's going to be maybe the second lead story because of all the penalty minutes and all the fighting that happened in that game. Um, to answer your question, I just hope that it's consistent, and I hope that in in most cases those whistles are put away. That's what I want. I want those whistles completely put away.
0: Well, I want penalties called when they're penalties. Mm-hmm. But don't be looking for penalties that don't exist. And it's ridiculous. And again... Uh, if that call had gone against the knights i'd be equally as miffed like but we need to know and i know that i'm asking a question that that the league is going to say well it depends on the crew and blah 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 uh but you need to know what a penalty is like you yep. need to know are you going to call that crap because if you're going to call if you're going to call zucarello if if you go back Dex, and look at the play that you're talking about right now okay Behind the play, slightly in the shot that I saw, Spurgeon hooks a guy that's more egregious and a penalty than what Zuccarello did. So, like, let's clean this up right now and let's decide. And I am all for, if it's a penalty, call it. Uh, Mm. But that was garbage. And the officiating both ways, both ways, that we saw these past two games is unacceptable for the playoffs. I yep. know that the game moves fast, and I know it's tough to call, and I get all that, and that's all well and good. Um, but those two games were not officiated at a level that's going to get you a passing grade in a playoff game. And the last thing that you want to see is either team, the Wild or the opponent, cost a game because these buffoons screw up. Uh, the next thing I want to talk to you about is uh, Camp Talbot. I still contend he's playing too much. Um I believe I will continue to say this. He's your playoff goalie, he's your starter, he's your number one. He is your number one. That is no longer a discussion, okay? Yes. So this is not a this is not a plea for all. I think Campbell should be playing in the playoffs. Um Cam Talbot though, I thought played great tonight. He made some gr- he made some fantastic saves and he continues to track at least for me to show that in a playoff game, you don't have to, and this could change. So I'm telling you right now, because the pressure cha- the pressure changes in the playoffs. But you don't have to go into every game worrying about, oh my God, can the goaltender match a guy like Marc Andre Fleury yep. or Jordan Bennington? You're now getting goaltending that I think should make you pretty confident. That being said, I just I hope that Capo gets a few more starts. There's no reason to ride Talbot into the ground before the playoffs start.
1: Since April 10th, Capo Cochrane has made just three starts. Just three starts. There's five games left. There's two against the Ducks, both those at home. There's two games at St. Louis next Wednesday and Thursday. And then your regular season for this division finally ends. Some teams end there this weekend because of the COVID outbreak. There's Delayed responses. Yeah, we have on. to
0: see when the Wild's going to start, too, yeah. just as far as the pause there, yep. which, could, which could cause some problems if the pause is too long.
1: I am guessing that two weeks from the day, as we record late Wednesday night, almost into Thursday morning here, that yep. two weeks from the day, we're probably watching playoff hockey. I don't know if the Wild play game one of their series, but I would envision two weeks from today, yep. playoff hockey will be a thing in the NHL. To your point about Capo, um, I thought he should have gotten the nod tonight. I really did. I thought Talbot was awful on Monday, and I know you're still playing for home ice advantage, and you're still possibly playing to win the division, but Cam Talbot hasn't played well against Vegas. All year long, he hasn't played well against Vegas, so at this point, give him a start, and now with this division still in reach, I, I, I just have this horrible feeling that basically, unless until the Wild basically know their fate, he's just going to run Talbot out for the last four starts, which I honestly, if, I, I can't stand. If, if, if it was up to me, there's four games left, Capo should start three of them. Capo should absolutely start three of them, if not two of them, if not at least split them. He should be starting. He should be splitting these two starts here. Give Talbot some rest. Don't burn him into the ground. You know, Devin Dubnik, It wasn't always that Dubnik played so poorly in the postseason, but there is something to say when you start thirty games in the playoffs and you only won four of them. You know, or, or whatever it was five or six of them. It was a horrible winning percentage. Give Capo some time here, especially against the Ducks. I can see against St. Louis. I can see against St. Louis if there's still a chance to jump to get home ice advantage the last two games of the season. Your season's on the line, you got home ice advantage on the line, go right. and do that. Against the Ducks, he should be starting on Friday regardless. He absolutely should. What I don't get is Dean did a really good job at the beginning of the year because both goalies were playing so well that he was mixing it up at a very at a very nice pace. It was almost down right down the middle. I liked it. As I just told you since April 10th, three starts for Capo Kakin, and I'm not going to do the math. And tell you this up right in front of me, but about ten starts for Cam Talbot over that span. So you need to give Capo some time here. Absolutely, give him some time and rest up Cam Talbot. And it's not like the thing is, it's not like this is a stay lock situation or a complete disaster situation like in San Jose right now. Like th- this is this is Capo. This is a goalie who's been playing well, and it was the goalie of the rookie goalie of the month and won nine straight starts not too long ago. Give him some time. Give him some time this weekend. Absolutely.
0: All right. I want to talk about the Eck Fellino Greenway line, okay? Mm-hmm. Eck, fantastic. Comes to play, got some skill, certainly can score goals. Um, Marcus Fellino contributes one or two things minimum every game. Tonight, he it's- fought. Yep. He um he he is not he is not the world's most skilled player, but he does have a skill set. But if nothing else, he continually stands up for teammates. Marcus Foligno beyond a shadow shadow of a doubt knows what Marcus Foligno is supposed to do, and he executes that on pretty much a nightly basis. Okay, which leaves us with one player that I want to discuss with you. And tonight he played sixteen minutes and fifty seconds, so he saw substantial playing time for a forward. Jordan Greenway. Go ahead. I am absolutely... If I was a parent, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, Jordan. (laughs) Where are you? What Tonight's game, Declan Goff, was a Greenway special. Heavy, hard-hitting. I'm not saying you have to fight. If you elect to fight to stand up for your teammates, good for you. I respect that. Um, But this is not saying you have to fight. But this is saying... How is it, and I, I think I turned to you in the press box and said this in the, the third period, how is it that you can go a game with that line, which, by the way, we all like a lot. It's a good line. It's got two guys that work their butts off. And a third guy who, when he elects to show up, is really effective and really good and can score goals and has skill. Jordan Greenway has skill. This is what this is what gets me. Um, but far too often... And he did get off to a really good start after Billy Garrett talked to him, and I think basically said, "I might trade you if you don't do more." Um, how is it that Jordan Greenway so often seems to pregame stop at um, stop at the restaurant and buy the Charlie Coyle special? Because my God, if you want to be Charlie Coyle, Jordan, that's what and. You are better than that. You're more skilled than that. You are counted on on a line that your head coach loves. Um, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying he should be benched, but I am saying, are you telling me, Declan Goff? Yep. That there's not more to give there because I struggle. And and he was credited. Just to be clear tonight, he had a shot on goal. He had two hits. He had yep. two blocks. So yep. there are statistics, mm-hmm. but. He was the one entity to that line in a game that should have just been right up his alley where I was disappointed. Yeah, he logged, yeah, almost 17 minutes tonight. One shot on goal, as you
1: said. A mm-hmm. couple hits, a couple blocked shots. Um, in general, Jordan Greenway is having his best season of his career, and it's not close. Uh, all of his points, but one have become on even strength scoring. So even strength five on five, he's been damn good. Uh, but in general, either... I need to see who you want to be, Jordan. Like that, that, that's the biggest thing. That's what Bill Guerin basically, I think, same, same thing, had the same conversation with them. It's who do you want to be? Do you want to be a big body that plays 15 and a half minutes a night, collects a paycheck, um, plays into your 30s, plays 10 to 12 years, has maybe a couple runs in the playoffs, has a nice career, a nice little career, and obviously set for life, and your kids are set for life, whatever, million millionaire here and there. But with the way he started off and with, his role on that line, I would love to see him shoot the puck a little bit more. Joel Erickson Eck doesn't score goals because he's more talented than the other teams. He scores more goals because he works his ass off and he actually shoots the puck and he actually does things that are going to create opportunities for goals. Jordan Greenway is leaps and bounds, just from a talent side, just from a talent side. Leaps and bounds more talented than Joel Erickson Eck. And I really don't think it's close. Just on a pure... Hockey talent level in terms of work ethic and, and will hmm. they are, there's a big difference. I think Joel Eriksson, Ek works a hell of a lot harder. He's a better skater. He obviously plays a center. So he plays a center position. So there's more responsibilities. I think in general, Jordan Greenway has more talent and more tools in the tool shed, if you will, to be a better player than Joel Eriksson, but for whatever reason, there are just games where he coasts or he maybe just gets comfortable with the role of I'm going to play 16 minutes I'm going to be the big body. And then I'm, I guess I'll let Marcus Felino score all the goals. And for whatever reason, Foligno has found a scoring touch to your point where there's one or two things
0: a night that Marcus Felino does that you notice, right? Like you notice. When's the last time that you said you, you either didn't to you to exactly what you just said, notice him, or you said Marcus had a bad game. When's the last time? Uh, I can't think of the last time that I thought. And And believe me, his first year here. Awesome. I thought he had nothing but bad. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm not like a, a, uh, Marcus Foligno Stan. No, I've seen him play and thought he's been terrible, but you know, I don't anymore. I, I, I remember when we were able to go in the locker room, like, which
1: feels like forever ago. Um, and I was, even, I was able to talk to Jordan Greenway. There was a different demeanor than him than Coyle. There was a different demeanor to him than Coyle. And I could tell that this was a kid that was special and wanted to be really, truly great. Um, and you know what? I, I think if you're Bill Guerin at this point, he, and he might be someone that is probably exposed in the expansion draft, I still think these backwards trades, these behind the door trades happen still on expansion draft day for Seattle. They might just not happen to the um, to the requisite and to the level that it did when Vegas entered the league. Yeah, but at the same time, if if you're if you're a Wild fan right now, you're you're unfortunately the best case scenario is Jordan Greenway gets taken in the expansion draft. I think that is that is your best-case scenario, un- unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I also have – so my other problem of late, too, has been – and I'm torn here because his skill set, again, is attractive. Dumba had the giveaway on the first Golden Knights goal tonight, which was a bad one. He has, he's got to tighten it up, too, for the playoffs. I mean, Dumba brings things – and here's what I really – so there's two things that Dumba did tonight that I really didn't like because they are counterproductive. One is is obviously no duh. You can't lose the puck, and, and it becomes what? I think a two-on-one for the Golden Knights, and they score. That was the first one. There was another one that we both saw, and you actually called out at the time. He had the – he got the puck sort of at the point in the, the Vegas zone and had every chance in the world to shoot – and he's, I think he tried to pass it or something, yeah, I, and it was like Matthew. that's dude, you got, you have. Well, and I believe he has the best slap shot uh, for the defenseman on that team, right? One hundred percent, one hundred. So yes. yeah, you don't be afraid to don't be afraid to shoot the puck, dude. Um, there's something there's something about his game of late that seems to be off, and it's been off for a long enough time period now that it concerns me because when he screws up defensively that's how you lose playoff games. Yep. Like that's not, you're not going to win playoff games. If he, if he becomes a liability on the blue line, you've got problems because all it takes is one or two bad plays decks Mm -hmm. and you're in big trouble.
1: Yep. And you have to take the lumps with Matt Dumba. Um, You have to understand that he's going to make a defensive boneheaded play. Which exactly, case in point, it happened tonight, where it literally leads to a goal and and put and puts his goalie and his and his team in a poor situation. Um, but he's also got a slap shot and he's got a a skill set that is a rarity in the NHL right now. You know, Cal McCarr right now in Colorado is probably the favorite to win the Norris. You know he in classic hockey fashion, he deflected and said, "I don't think I should win it or I shouldn't be a finalist." Okay, Cal McCarr, just seriously, dude, you're you're unbelievable. Just admit you're unbelievable. I'd rather say that you're really good than deflect. I hate that. But uh Dumba needs to to really check himself a little bit. And he's with someone like Jonas Brodeen who is gonna help him out. Jonas Brode like, yeah. I even even as someone look, I love hockey. I love watching it watching it in person I think and especially from where we're at. In, in a higher up situation in the press box. We're fortunate to be up there. Um the game looks a lot slower and it looks a hell of a lot easier when you're watching it from all the way up there. Even I have been able to notice the defensive plays that Jonas Brodeen is able to stop and prevent every night. it, it is un because and to our Pat Royce, our buddy Pat Royce, I just want him to score more goals. And to this year's credit, he is. He has been scoring more goals. But mm-hmm. His defensive prowess is so damn good. He's in the right places every time. His stick is always there. It's it's honestly insane. I wish I could, there was a there was better statistics that were traditional that could measure what he truly, truly blings, brings night in and night out. But to your point about Dumba, those kind of playoffs, those kind of situations are going to lead to bad times in the playoffs, and they absolutely can't happen. Oh, you
0: can't do that. They can't. So the good news for the Wild tonight is they get a point, they lose an OT. That's the bad news. The good news is that the Sharks actually held on to beat the Avs 3 to 2. Yep. So with 4 games left in their season now in the um in the West Division, Vegas in first place with 76 points, Colorado in second place with 72 points, but the Wild with back-to-back games at home Friday, Saturday coming up against the Ducks who are um in the cellar of the division with 41 points. Um the Wild is only a point behind the Avs and they are 15 clear of, of the Blues. The Blues I the Blues had a chance to clinch tonight. They didn't do it, but I think that they will. Mm-hmm. So the good news is that the Wild still has a ch- has a decent chance actually to put themselves in a position to get probably second place, not first place probably, but that comes back to the discussion that we've been having for a couple weeks now which is home ice against the Avs could be a big deal last change you've got your fans um if if you have to play if you have to play a final game i'd much prefer if i was the wild to have the matchups against the mckinnon line be exactly what i wanted and not have to scurry to get guys off and on so that is the good news um on our next show since we, we've been going so long tonight declan mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the Zach Prezy's playing time and his future oh. cuz it's interesting but it, it it deserves it deserves a full segment of conversation. Okay.
1: okay. i, was, I was about a, to say I a was, I was surprise didn't bring it um, up so far. So, okay. Well,
0: yeah, and I also I'd like to um bookend that discussion with okay. something that you brought up in the, the press box tonight which is would they bring up Matthew Boldy for the playoffs? because i think that there's a i think there's a discussion to be had there and i think there's going to be i think you've got some decisions to make about who gets scratched and who does not and i will tell you right now i do not think victor rask does oh and yeah you know what i forgot this one let's go back on this for one second i'm sorry mm-hmm. i forgot okay just to be very clear folks victor rask was on the ice again in the second turn so the sh- the second shift of the 3 on 3 and he was on the ice when when Petrangelo scored the goal to give the Golden Knights the win, okay? Victor Rask, um, I heard this tonight that there was – I don't know if I heard it or saw it on Twitter, but the explanation was, well, if Fiala plays, he's in, in there instead of Rask. So that's why. The last overtime game that the Wild played, Victor Rask was on the ice. It yeah. was Saturday night against the Blues, and they won. And that's the one where he sort of dove to set up Kevin – in the exact same shift. So, ladies and gentlemen, I will have you know, Dean Everson right now is playing Victor Rask on the second turn of three-on-three, three, and it has nothing to do with Fiala. Okay? <sighs> and I can't explain it. I don't know why there are mysteries. There are mysteries in the world. There are mysteries in everything. This is a mystery to me. Yeah. Um. And I can't... And look, we both said this. He had a good game tonight. Victor asked, played well. This is not a Victor asked well, bashing mm-hmm. session. Why you would play a guy that slow? Why you would play what right now, right now, he is a less talented Miko Koivu at the end of Koivu's career. I, that's so, even, or below that.
1: Way below it. I okay. Think even Whatever you want to say, personally. Yep.
0: this is the one I don't get. So, yep.
1: This, that was bad. Can't I be, I right. can't, can't add almost it. forgot that one. Can't add it can have can even with how well he played tonight which if i can get the regulation performance from Victor Rask night in and night out yeah i'll change my tune and by the way yes he was traded for Nino Niederreiter it was that's a horrible it. trade he's having his it. best year of his wild tenure and it still ain't good enough well, raise your expectations people
0: and what and tonight in regulation he played well do you know why because he wasn't put with people who were so superior to him he couldn't keep up he was with Johansson, who's a better skater and a smooth player but sort of decides shift by shift am i going to I'm gonna work hard on this one. And yeah. Benino, who works his ass off every yes. shift, okay? But he's not a star player. He's not even close. So Victor Rask was actually put on a line. I appreciate it. I told you that. I told you that he belongs on this line. This is fine. But three on three, I don't get it. All right. Uh hold on a second. So I, I got my flag back yep, out. Get your flag. This is the um, state of hockey two thousand three. Actually. Gotta, this is the two thousand three run that the Wild made Western Conference finals. And you've a, got your Wild Wilds wild.
1: branded mask. Okay.
0: And yeah. again, again, before anybody thinks, very nice that this is, that we have bashed this team. This was a Kirill Kaprizov appreciation show mm-hmm. because the man is unbelievable. Aunt yep. Justin Jefferson, Byron Buxton, Kirill Kaprizov. Say your thing, Declan. Pass shoot score. Bye. we vaccine. Goodbye. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever.